I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Coming up, Lav and I recap a wild week at the Masters. Welcome to the Golf Center podcast presented by Callaway Golf. Callaway Golf had three players finish in the top five at the Masters. All of them used epic speed drivers and chrome soft golf balls. For John Rahm, it was his sixth top ten in eight starts since joining Callaway. Mark Leishman recorded his second top five at Augusta and used the new Chrome Soft XLS to hit great shots both off the tee and around the greens, like that fantastic up and down at 18 on Sunday. Xander Schauffele had his eighth career top 10 in a major and averaged 328 yards off the tee on Sunday. All three players also use Odyssey, putters en route to their top five finishes. Rom uses the brand new two ball 10, and both Leishman and Xander use putters with the original white hot insert. Check out their complete what's in the bags at callawaygolf.com slash Augusta. Okay, Lav, we're going to go with a new experiment. We're recording this essentially live. It's just past 11 o'clock p.m. East Coast time Sunday. We've just come from the golf course. You wrote the game story. I wrote a column. We watched it live. We're going to try to do this at all the majors and maybe the Ryder Cup this year. Give me your original thoughts coming straight from the golf course. Uh, Not just coming straight from the golf course, straight from typing a 1,900-word story. Um, that was probably the most work I've ever put into a Sunday night story. Um, obviously, the the language barrier um, is such that y- you need to find other people in order to to tell Hideki Matsuyama's story. You can't simply rely on him or his terrific translator Bob Turner. Um, and so this was a this was a day where I spent interviewing. Japanese media members uh, interviewing Japanese uh, sports commentators. Um, and what I've at least tried to put together is, is kind of a, a complex portrait of, of who Hideki is. I knew, I knew you were going with the angle of, of what this means for Japan. And we can certainly get into that, especially with the Olympics on deck. Um, this summer, um, but Hideki's a, a hard player and a person to know, uh, even among his home press court. And it's, you know, for the majority of his career, we've kind of just let his, his play do the, do the talking for him. And I think this masters kind of epitomize that, 
Uh, we didn't get a whole lot of insight into, into what he was thinking, what he was feeling, um, even down to some of the shots that he was hitting. Um, but that green jacket is a universal language. Um, and he is now going to be a hero in Japan forever. Uh, he's a master's champion forever. Um, and I think it's going to cement him uh, potentially as one of the great international players of all time. I agree. We don't have, normally we revisit all the text messages that you and I would be sending each other on a Sunday, which are no always phones. no phones on the golf course and no text messages. Cause we sat next to each other in a socially distanced conscious kind of way. Although it was a touch and go week. I think we can both say that right now that, that look, as far as COVID-19 goes, you and I are getting out of town at just the right time. Dodging bullets. I've, I've basically <laughs> taken up residence uh, in Augusta, Georgia. This is my 14th or 15th night. They all kind of run together at this point. I'm ready to get back home. Um, and, and you guys may have read um, some of the listeners in this podcast may, may have read the USA Today story that described a potential outbreak uh, in the Augusta National Media Center. That was not true. Uh, there was not an outbreak. It was an isolated, a uh, few isolated positive cases, uh, some, I guess, more uh, severe than others. Uh, but yeah, we were, we were dodging bullets because we did, we did not want to have to go home uh, from covering this master's tournament. We both took exit tests. We're, we're good to go. We're, we're able to, to head back to our families uh, in, in one piece and ready to get the second dose of vaccine. And to give Augusta National credit, we did have access to essentially as many tests as we want, apparently, is, is the 15, way it worked 15 out. to 30-minute rapid tests. I mean, they, they were a little the, – the, the, the fine folks on the phone, um, they weren't <laughs> as forthcoming with, with the information as we were hoping. Uh, in fact, today – so I, I took my test uh, this morning, and as I thought, they'd, they'd call me back in the next you know, 15 to 30 minutes. And when the lady called, it was a Rhode Island number. Uh, she goes, do you need a hard copy of this? <laughs> and I just kind of had a pause. and said, no. And, and she replied, not with the result, but are you flying? And I'm thinking to myself, what, what does that matter? I said, no, I'm driving. She goes, okay. And there was probably a three to five second pause where I'm contemplating not only leave and probably anyone who's in my vicinity needs to leave because I talked to other reporters. Some of the players have then been endangered. But no, she says, well, you're approved to go through the gate. She didn't say you tested negative. All she said was that you're approved to go through the gate. Click. Goodbye. The bedside manner wasn't great. No, I, I agree. When I got the same phone call, it was uh, Rex Hoggard. Yes. Uh, hold on. Shuffling papers, shuffling papers, shuffling papers. Uh, your test result is back. Shuffling more papers. Yes, you can use your badge. Does that mean I'm negative? That's all I want to know. This is a pass or fail. Cut to the deal. chase, I, lady. Cut to right. the chase. I need a yes or no. Potentially life and death situation. That's right. To get back on topic to Hideki, and and you worked very, very hard today, and I think a lot of people in the press corps did, because Hideki's not an easy person to know. And you and I both spent the better part of the day trying to dig into this. I mean, look, he's been on tour for a long time, and, and we have seen the scrums. We've seen the media that follows him around. I would make the argument that the entourage that he has behind him is much, much bigger than ever followed Tiger Woods on a regular basis. When Tiger Woods was in his prime, I mean, it's hard to overstate how much pressure he has on him, how much attention he has on him on a week in and week out basis. And it, this is the one that sticks out to me. And we both went, went down and talked to 
Adam Scott because we were, we were digging. We were trying to find anything. I mean, look, this is what we literally do. just find anything. Anything. Yeah. We, I mean, we were looking just for, for tidbits on the ground. That's all we wanted to pick up was just some sort of scraps. And I asked Adam how he would describe Hideki's personality. And, and I want to quote this. He said, quote, that's a hard one to sum up. I mean, I think he's quite an intense character, actually, even though we don't really see that. I mean, and obsessive about his game. So that that's Adam, who is by that far. That was definitely in my game story. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I could imagine because it was in my column because it, it's probably the most telling thing I think I've ever heard about Hideki Matsuyama. And it, it's difficult. And this is someone who was his partner in the President's Cup and has spent time in team rooms and has spent time around him. And you don't hear anyone. We could we could have this conversation about some former champions. We, we can have this conversation about players on tour that, look, some people just don't like them. I don't get I didn't get the impression that's not the case at all. I think it's that people don't know anything about him. He Hideki has has kind of built this impenetrable fortress around himself. Um, and this has kind of happened in the in the mid 2010s. And I kind of put this in the in the game story, but he, he really marked a, a stark contrast to, to Rio Ishikawa, who's the exact same age as Hideki. But those two could not be on more opposite ends of the spectrum rio is the life of the party he holds court with reporters um he's he's willing to to sit there and and, and be engaging and, and gregarious and hideki is painfully shy he's tight-lipped and quite honestly he he despises those types of of intimate interactions after the round and so in, in talking to a couple Japanese uh, reporters today. I actually thought it was very interesting because, you know, it, it, a lot of it is cultural um, and, and Japanese people tend to be uh, shy by nature in, in talking to them. Uh, however, when, when you think of some of the American players that, that we cover, not all of them are going to light you up like a, like a Jordan Spieth or, or a Will Zalatoris um, or Justin Thomas, any of these guys who are great quotes. Sometimes you need to work kind of the, the, the periphery, the, the fringes to get more intel on these guys. That's, comes in the form of swing coaches or trainers or caddies, whatever the case may be. But when talking to Japanese reporters today, even they're having difficulty getting stuff out of them. And in fact, two of them did not want to be quoted in the story, but they said, honestly, talking to Hideki is harder than any other PGA tour player. And so even they don't have a good grasp because he's, he's so closed off to even them. And so it's, it's hard for them to, to, to write and talk about it. It's hard for us to write and talk about him. Um, that doesn't mean he's a, he's a bad guy. I, in fact, I, I think he's, he's actually appears to be quite kind hearted um, and, and even kind of joking with his caddy. And he clearly has a great rapport with, with Bob, who he's known over the past decade or so. Um but he's just not the most willing author of his own story. Um, and, and so that's why I think kind of outside the mainstream golf audience outside Asia, um, he's, he's just kind of been hard to embrace because backstories are what brings in sports fans. Like you have to have a reason to care about that individual. Um, and, and to this point, maybe, maybe that burden's lifted now that he's won a major championship. But so far to this point, he just hasn't been, been willing to go there. And there's no origin story when it comes to Hideki. I mean, we can sit there and, and 10 years ago, 
he was playing in this event after winning the Asian amateur. And that's a great story. And he was a low amateur and we can connect dots and, and we can paint all of these pictures. However, I, I mean, I was digging through the same sources you were digging today. I mean, there's just nothing out there that that's flashy. If you asked any player that came to that scrum area today, outside of the quote, I just read you from Adam Scott, like, you know, give me a story from the team room at the president's cup. Give me a story about Hideki. There were none to be found. As best I can tell, he sits in the back of every team room quietly with his arms crossed and never says a word because you can find a story about everyone. And in this particular case, it's just not going to happen. I mean, and I want to get back to his golf because it, there is part of this and it, it goes to, again, we did not have text messages, but we were sitting next to each other and I'll admit it. I, I turned to you this morning and I said, I, I don't trust anybody on that leaderboard to pull this off. I knew someone had to win. I mean, that's just the way it works out. I understand the premise of this. However, I didn't trust anybody on that board. Even Jordan Spieth, who has done this before and is coming off a victory, he looked shaky. He looked tired. I, I didn't think he could do it either. And when you sit there and you think about how sort of the ebb and flow of that back nine, I, I was just licking my chops, thinking to myself, I, I know what's going to happen. I've seen this before. I saw this 10 years ago. And Roy McIlroy blew up on 10, 11, and 12. I, I saw this when Jordan Spieth blew up on 10, 11, and 12. I saw this back when I was younger watching TV when Greg Norman blew up playing 10, 11, and 12. I knew it was going to be, you know, something that came apart early on the back nine, and suddenly there was five guys in the hunt, and that didn't happen. I mean, my opinion has changed so much about Hideki simply because this wasn't easy. It wasn't in his wheelhouse. You would joke about him winning this particular tournament. And I think the running joke was, did they not have putting at this event? And the point is, no, he's not a great putter, but he's a really good ball striker. And I have learned this week more than any other week I've covered the Masters that ball striking rules here, man. I mean, I'm not sure why it took you so long to come to that realization. I think I think the fact that of – people thinking that the masters is just a putting tournament is, is as outdated as, as, Very. as drive for show, putt for dough. Like that just, it just doesn't happen anymore. Think of the last handful of masters winners. I mean, Dustin Johnson last year, not only was a world number one, but, but he, he won that tournament with his iron play. You think back a couple more years, Sergio Garcia, what is he renowned for his iron play? You think of Jordan Spieth winning in 2015, I know people think that he just canned everything he looked at, but really at that time and for the next three years, he was the best iron player on the PGA Tour. Augusta National is a second-shot golf course, and the fact that Hideki Matsuyama had an above-average putting week, which is kind of what we say for all these guys who can just absolutely flush it out of the center of the face, is, oh, you know, when, when their putter gets hot, look out. We say that for Kyle Morikawa. We always used to say that about Henrik Stenson. Um, I mean, this is... This is what can happen when they actually make putts. Um, but to your point, th there was still so many questions surrounding Hideki Matsuyama at the start of the day. It wasn't just it, like, I think last year, you know, Dustin Johnson had a four shot lead and there was a sense of inevitability to it. I mean, this is the world number one. He's clearly uh, in, in full flight, but I mean, there was a couple questions just because he'd only won one major and he'd had a couple uh, high profile crack ups to that point, but the drama was kind of short-lived and he ended up cruising to a five-shot win. Hideki was just kind of a mystery 54-hole leader. 
you know, he was just kind of milling along, not doing anything spectacular. Then you had the uh, about an hour 15 weather delay on Saturday. He goes out and, and plays lights out to the clubhouse coming home in 30. And all of a sudden he opened up a, a four shot lead during what was a, a pretty sleepy tournament otherwise. And then you, you look at the guys behind him. Well, did we really trust, did we really trust Justin Rose? He hadn't won in more than two years and he hadn't played in five weeks. And quite frankly, his ball striking just isn't as good as it was uh, in his prime years. Wills Altors, he's playing his first masters. Xander Shoffle, uh, obviously a world-class player, top five player in the world. But he's also, uh, like Tony Finau, had some issues closing out golf tournaments. Mark Leishman, never won a major, hasn't really played his best this year. Like there was, there was not a whole lot of storylines heading into Sunday that you could think I mean, yeah, someone had to win, man. I, I feel mean, confident going that he's going to win. Uh, and it's kind of guys are walking around the media center today. Like, who do you think? Who do you think is going to win? I didn't hear one person say Hideki. I did. Uh, wait, the, you, you, the, wait, I said it this money morning. Golf. Xander would have not. That's not correct. I actually picked Hideki this morning on Golf Central. Apparently you weren't paying attention. I'm sorry. Live from, uh, I actually said when Steve Sands asked me who was going to be the winner, I wasn't 100% confident with that answer, but that's who I went with. Only because he put you on the spot. Well, if I'd have thought it through, I'd like to think I, I would have picked Hideki as well. But yes, he definitely. Last put night me you on were talking spot. about Xander. I like Xander, but look, you're the one that picked Xander for every major. And so this transitions perfectly to, to my next question to you. Who are you most disappointed with this week? Because I think I, we just had the answer. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed in Xander. In Did fact, you not see the tee shot on 16? The fact that he even made it a golf tournament to me was impressive. You're talking about, you know, how you've seen historic collapses in, on 10, 11, 12. On, on the 11th green, he had, he had his biggest lead of the day. It was, it was six shots. I think he was leading by six shots on the 11th hole. The fact that Xander got it within two shots, uh, nearly hold that bunker shot on 15. That could have made things really interesting. Um, no, I'm not disappointed in Xander. I think it's, it's more scar. Eight iron in his hand. Eight iron I think in his it's, hand. I think it's more a hole in one pin and you're not disappointed. I, I mean, he can, he can talk about how the wind flipped on him. The fact that he was even going at the pin when you, Everyone knows you just hit that long and right, and it's going to yeah. come back to within kick-in range. Um, he can talk himself into saying that was the wind all he wants. That was just it was just a poor shot at a, at a wrong time. If we're talking about disappointed, I'm going more like Bryson, Dustin, Rory, Brooks. I mean, any number of great players who, who weren't even around for the weekend. Disappointed in Xander. No, because I think he he actually did did well just to make it a golf tournament down the stretch. And uh, just so I could do my humble flex right now, how did your favorite in Dark Horse work out? Because mine worked out pretty well. Uh, my favorite, Justin Thomas, um, had a little bit of an issue, a <laughs> little bit of an issue on Saturday. Uh, and he came back today with a 73, finished, you know. He made a snowman on Saturday. So I understand. clear what the what the issue was. I understand. We would it's still going to go down as a top 25 finish. Um, I mean, you had Patrick Reed. I believe you called him your favorite uh, for the golf tournament. He's one of the, one of the only a few. I did. And he finished tied for eighth. Sunday. I'm good with that. Uh, tied for eighth. I'm very happy with that. And who was your, who was your dark horse? Was it Brian Harmon, Harmon finished tied for 12th. 
Uh, 74 tied for 12th. I'm very back happy to with back that as well. Rounds of 74. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else were our pick. Who else were our picks? I mean, we were getting inundated uh, on Twitter uh, for issues that had nothing to do with our picks. I mean, normally we are used to getting ratioed for, you know, I would think that your pick of Patrick Reed um, would have, would have inspired some scorn and vitriol on social media. Didn't Instead, even register. Didn't even <laughs> register. We got, we were, I mean, we're talking about a bunch of arrogant a-holes, uh, <laughs> a lot of voter suppression. People are mad that I didn't pick Corey Connors. I mean, this I was don't. a, you a-holes want to keep giving money to the neo-Nazis? I mean, this is what was happening on Twitter. I, I, I felt scared to tweet because I didn't want to get lambasted anymore. It's, it is scary. No, I'm, I'm with you. It was, it was a difficult week. It, it, was, it was a hard week on Twitter to be in Georgia, to be at a sporting event. You didn't know. Every time I wanted to tweet something, I, I type it in, and then I, I get scared, and I, I, did, I delete it. It was just, it's no way to live, man. I can't wait to get back to Florida. And I don't think I'd ever said that before. Uh, you definitely have never said that before. Um, another storyline that we should probably touch on uh, is Jordan Spieth. Uh, Jordan Spieth was my number two favorite heading into the week. Made it a little bit interesting. He kind of fell off the pace early Sunday and then rallied back nine. And then, of course, he, he bogeyed the 72nd hole um, and wound up uh, in a tie for third with Xander Shoffley. What impressed you this week? And are you convinced once and for all that he is back, not just back, but all the way back? No, no, no. He's not all the way back. And I, I'm just saying that because that's his words, not mine. I mean, when he left here, when he left Augusta Sunday afternoon, he, he made it clear that there's still lots of work to be done. And, and that's encouraging. I mean, if you're a fan of Jordan Spieth, you should be saying to yourself that even with very much less of his best stuff, because he actually hit the ball really well this week it was his putting that let him down he still finished tied for third had a chance couldn't get anything going on sunday but he certainly had the chance had the opportunity so you should be very very encouraged but no there there are still this is not mission accomplished he still has a lot of ground to cover but i think he has proven once again as he has done so many times in the past that this golf course is his golf course i mean this is his four fifth this is his fifth. fifth top three finish at Augusta National. He had the win in 2015. He had the pair of runner-ups that were bookended in 2014 and 2016. He had the spirited rally in 2018. Remember that when he nearly shot 63-62 uh, before he bogeyed the last, finished third. Patrick Reed, and now another T3. I mean, this is, this is a golf course that he is going to factor in for a very, very long time. And Jordan Spieth, by the way, all the way up to 29th in the world ranking now. I, I mean, when you're sitting here on January 1, when his world ranking is trending towards being outside the top 100, and you're starting to look at, hmm, is this guy got to be on the PGA Tour in 2023 when his sponsor, when his uh, five-year exemption runs out for winning the Open Championship? You see, my mind never went there. So you didn't have any doubt that the way things were going – how Jordan Spieth was trending in his game that he was going to be on the PJ tour in the next couple of years. And he would lose his card. No, no. I, I've Randall, seen... Randall Shambly said he was trending toward oblivion. Well, 
but I would argue Brandel likes to say the thing that's going to get clipped and, and turned into a meme, right? Like, I mean, that that's kind of his thing sometimes where he's going to argue that he's going to lose his card and he's going to go into oblivion. I, I just don't see that simply because, I mean, Rich Beam is still playing the PGA Tour and that's not, be, I mean, still playing in PGA Tour events. That's not to be disrespectful to Rich Beam. We it has Beamer. everything. We love Beamer. This has everything to do with just the way the rules of the tour are written. Like, uh, Jordan Spieth not, isn't going anywhere anytime soon. He can play the tour well into his 50s. I understand about the five-year exemption for his last win and everything that goes into that, but no. I, I wasn't worried about him losing, losing his card at all. Who do you think is the story of 2021 right now? Oh, I'll go with Jordan simply because it is a, it's a wonderful comeback. I mean, it's, it's, we sit here, and I, I think both of us would argue, argue at the time that we felt like he was going to find his game eventually, but you can say that, but until he does it, you don't know if it's actually going to work out. And the fact that he's not only won again, but and then this week he's put himself in contention at an event that he's pretty much associated with for the rest of his career for all the right reasons, I, I would say he's definitely the story of this season. And, and there's other stories. I mean, we haven't even touched on Will Zalatoris. I, I can't think of another player that – was able to come and play his first masters outside of Jordan and Tiger Woods. But the way he was able to do it, and, and I just made the comment that we didn't trust anybody on that leaderboard. And yet it was Willie Z who put the most pressure on Hideki coming down the stretch. It was the rookie. It's the guy that probably no one a year ago would have ever imagined he would have been here. He's the guy that was coming down the stretch and doing all the things that you have to do to win the Masters. And it took a, a performance by Hideki that is we're going to remember for a long time to hold him off. That, to me, is very impressive. Will Zalatoris, two years ago, Monday no qualifying. Stats. Monday qualifying. Not just no stats. Trying to Monday qualify into Corn Ferry Tour events. He's, he's still not a full-fledged PJ Tour member. Like, can he even get into the Nelson in a couple weeks? Um, I mean, Nelson is an invitational, but yes, he'll get into Nelson. I think the bigger issue will be the WGCs. Uh, I think he is, he's already qualified. He's in the top 50, so he would be in the PGA Championship. That won't be an issue. He'll probably have to qualify for the U.S. Open. I'd have to think about that one for a little while. Uh, no, he's, he's, top, he's top 30 in the world now, so he'd get in through, okay. the, through the world ranking. But look, this, is, this was a, a kid who's... Who's been seen? No, the only ones he can't play is the playoffs as of right now because he's a special temporary member. I think the playoffs would be the only ones he's pretty much not qualified for. Yeah, and I wouldn't put it past him to to get a win here in the next couple of months, which of course would be his his free ticket to to qualifying for the FedEx Cup playoffs. And if and if, if he does win a tournament after now finishing second in the Masters and uh, it's sixth place at the U.S. Open, he's going to be not just in the playoffs, but but probably in a a very good position to potentially earn that $15 million prize. But I mean, th I think the thing that's that most impressive to me about Will Zalatoris is he is seeing these golf courses for the very first time. And yet he has already established himself as a top three iron player on the PJ tour, a, a player who you can consistently count on to contend. And one of the leading storylines heading into this masters at Augusta national was how much experience was going to, to, to pay dividends that, this is going to be a firm and fast masters and you're going to have to know where to leave the golf ball and when to, you know, kind of take your medicine and, and, and all those things that you would only know from 
having experience like Hideki, who's been there now for a decade, or, or a Jordan Spieth, um, or a Dustin Johnson, you know, players like that, they were supposed to have kind of the, the upper hand. And yet you have Will Zaltoris, who I believe at the end of the week hit more greens than any single player. Uh, he's the only player in the field who broke par in all four rounds. Um, I mean, the ceiling is so high on this kid because his ball striking is is just so good. I mean, that's gonna play. That's gonna play everywhere. It, it doesn't matter if it's Augusta National or Wingfoot or any other golf course that he's seeing for the first time. You hit the ball that well, you're probably gonna have a chance to win. Uh, as it stands right now, if he does win, I just looked it up. So he has 977 FedEx Cup points. That would put him uh, 13th on the current list. So yes, right on track to make East Lake. If he does get that win, which of course would be even a bigger boost and probably put him inside the top 10 and make him a lock into East Lake. I, I thought it was fascinating. Josh Gregory is his performance coach. And I was talking with him this morning, just kind of about this phenomenon that is Willie Z, right? I mean, we, we sort of all fell is this, in love with Is this him. the nickname we're going with? I like Willie Z. Do you not? No, that doesn't work. Do I, I like Zally. Kind of like Zally, to be honest with you. Zally. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to go with Will Zalatoris then because I don't think either one of those work. But I think the interesting thing that I found is that Josh had sort of mentored a lot of players here at Augusta National, including Patrick Reed. When Patrick Reed won the Masters, and he has a green jacket. And he said that before a stressful round, he always tries to send sort of a motivational text or something that they just need to focus on the next day. And certainly going into Saturday, he felt like that was going to be a very nervous round for Will. He'd never been in that position before. And he said he didn't send him a text. He said he didn't have to because he's been in this position for a long time. He played his way onto the PGA Tour when there was really only one way to play your way onto the PGA Tour. And he's done it over the last year and a half during a pandemic when you had to make big putts in Monday qualifying. You had to make big putts to top 10. You had to make big putts just to make the cut or to make it to the next week. Like those are career changing putts. What he had this week was almost like gravy. And when Josh told me this, and again, this was Sunday morning when he and I were having this conversation, I didn't particularly believe him. I thought, well, that can't be right. Like this is, this is still the masters. This still matters. And this is still a green jacket. And yet watching him play, there's a freedom that I absolutely loved. It was so entertaining to me and it was so refreshing. And I can't wait to see him at the next big event. Like as much as I'm looking forward to getting to the PGA championship and wondering, you know, how's Brooks's knee and Jordan Spieth now has some rest, how he's going to bounce back. And Dustin Johnson, after missing the cut, can, can he get things back on track again? No, it's will. I want to see how he's going to sort of carry this on. Is he going to continue to play with this youthful abandon? That's so much fun to watch. He, I mean, he was one of the first players that I covered. I started in golf media in like 2010. Um, and he was kind of following that Jordan Spieth model. Um, it, kind of like Scotty Scheffler was. All, all three of those players just kind of had that it factor. Everyone who was plugged into the to to that part of the game knew and understood that, that you were looking at, at future PJ tour players, probably future major champions. Um, and so, I mean, the excitement was building even back then he, he was a decorated amateur player uh, kind of lost his way a little bit. And even towards the end of his career at wake forest, um, he wasn't sh even sure if professional golf was going to be the route for him. Um, and to be able to, to find a 
consistent putting stroke, which is really kind of the missing link for him, um, was absolutely huge. He has an, an incredibly high golf IQ. Um, his work with Scott Fawcett with the um, course management side of the game has, has really paid dividends. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, you're looking at a, a kid who's uber consistent, uber competitive, uh, totally fearless, and really just understands his his place in the game and, and doesn't get rattled in these big moments. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's, I think he's very likely a lock uh, to win a golf tournament this year. Are you willing to put him right now? Ryder cup. I know what you're doing. And this is what on you April do. on April 11th. Oh God. Does Will Zalatoris play on the U S Ryder cup team? I say it's a definitive. Yes. No, I, I, I still need to see some stuff. Look, like, come on. Why, why, why do we have stuff. to do this? Man, well, why, why are we, why are you doing this? Well, why do we have to do this? Like, I, I just gave him the most effusive praise I possibly could. I dismissed everybody in the field, including the winner. It's never enough for me. It's never oh, enough for me. God, like, don't do not do this. Just let, let's let him enjoy his moment at Augusta. He earned his way back into the Masters next year. Let's just be happy for that. I it, we're, we're coming up on midnight on the East Coast. So I'm going to get us out of here on this. What was the highlight of the week for you? Uh so we kind of touched on, on last week's podcast. One of the highlights certainly was playing Palmetto um, because that's always a highlight. Uh, the, it is, but all right. The, um, the new master sandwich, the chicken salad oh. sandwich on a brioche bun. That was oh. a highlight. That Stop. was a highlight. Um, Crazy person. Third, let me think about it. I would actually say, I think the crow's nest beer. I think that was, that was Very a highlight. Good. That that lime that lime twist was unexpected. I must say it was like a it was like a blue moon, but but with a lime twist. It was it was delightful. It, it was very good. I'm gonna sidetrack. I'm gonna hijack the podcast real quick, saying that I, I needed to get so that this new crow's nest they have a, a special cup for it, but you had to go out and you had to buy it in one of the you know the concessions. And so Saturday morning, I, I just wanted the cup. I didn't want the beer. I just wanted the cup. So I, I walked to the concession. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And so I just bought a $5 beer. And as soon as I got to the very first garbage can I could find, I poured the beer out. And there was a college-age kid behind me. And as I did it, there was an audible gasp that came out. It was, <gasps> My what are you God, doing, what have you done? What have you done, man? Like, he, he could not have been more offended. And I tried to explain that. Well, I didn't want the beer. I just wanted the cup. And it was like, I could not I, look, man, I'll give you $5 to go buy your own. I just needed the, the cup. Uh, I only have one. I didn't realize we were doing a, a top three here for my highlight of the week. And, and here's the deal. Hideki might have won the masters, but his caddy won the internet. And you probably hasn't, haven't had much time to look at this. Cause you were grinding on a story later than I was, but there's a clip of him. Are you calling me slow? No, 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 not at all. I mean, you, you, you went deeper than I did, and, and I'm sure it's a very, very good read. I'm not calling you slow. I will call you slow at some point in the future, just not tonight. But there's a clip of Hideki's caddy, and again, I don't think you saw this, but as he, you know, the tradition is the caddy takes the flag, and as he walks over and unscrews the flag and takes it off, he now takes the flag stick and puts it back into the hole and faces the golf course, takes his hat off, and bows. And it's mm. one of the coolest things I think I have ever seen of on a golf course after a tournament. Whereas normally, like I can tell you firsthand being there in 2019, Joey LaCava actually took the flag stick and the flag and just took him to the car. 
and hit him in his car because he knew that they were going to come looking for the flag stick and he wanted to keep both. Like most of the time, like caddies are just taking whatever they can get their hands on because that's what caddies do. But in this particular case, like you're going to have to look, look at it after the podcast. You clearly haven't seen it, but it's one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. Wow. I, I mean, that's that's quite a tease. We're going to we're gonna have to log off this podcast at 1140 so I can catch this clip. It's all about respect. I like it. Uh, Rex, who's your early pick for PGA? Uh, that one's pretty good. I, I would go with Jordan Spieth. Uh, I'm not willing to uh, give Will Zalatoris a spot on the Ryder Cup just yet, but I, I know he's probably going to play well there as well. And I'm not going to dismiss Brooks Kepka. And, and the reason I say that, and you and I both sort of experienced this this week, is he, he limped around. He, he probably shouldn't have played, in my opinion, because the knee clearly wasn't going to hold up on these hills. But if you put him on a flat golf course like at Kiowa, he was hitting the ball really well. Like his caddy, Ricky Elliott, told me, like, man, he's, he's striping the ball if I can just get him around the golf course. And he couldn't because it was a demanding test, and he wasn't going to be able to do that. But at Kiowa, I, I like his chances. I like that pick, and obviously he's going to have a little bit more time to recover with the knee injury. He was clearly pushing it in order to uh, play this Masters after having knee surgery just a little bit more than three weeks ago. I'm going to go with John Rahm. Uh, now that he has uh, hashtag perspective uh, as a new dad <laughs> coming off the 66th Sunday at Augusta National where he really wasn't a factor uh, for much of the week, get him a little bit more rest over the next month. Let him fine-tune some things in his game. He showed up. Wednesday morning at Augusta National, played nine holes and, and still uh, competed well in this Masters. I like John Rahm. If, if Hideki finally got his major championship here at Augusta National, uh, I think John Rahm won't be far behind uh, in getting his, his maiden triumph as well. All right, Laugh, go get you a crow's nest. That'll do it for this Off Central podcast presented by Callaway Golf. We'll talk to you next week. My cat Rachel is the silliest cat I know. One time, she played inside a paper bag for three hours. What a mystery. But I'm glad her health isn't. Thanks to the color-changing litter from Fresh Step Crystals Health Monitoring Litter. This premium color-changing litter has pH-activated crystals that can help me detect potential illness early. That makes it easy for me to stay on top of her health and well-being. I may not understand all of Rachel's silly quirks, but I can keep up with the important things. Find Fresh Step Crystals Health Monitoring Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.